Let us pray. O oh God, maker of everything, judge of all that you have made. From the dust of the earth you have formed us, and from the dust of death you would raise us up. By the redemptive power of the cross, create in us clean hearts, and put within us a new spirit, that we may repent of our sins and lead lives worthy of your calling. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. responsively the words to Psalm 51 which can be found on the screen are in your hymnal on page 785 have mercy on me O God according to your steadfast love 
Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Against you, you only have I sinned and done which is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless in your judgment. Behold, you desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Make me hear with joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face my sins and blood Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Deliver me from death, O God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall For you have no delight in sacrifice. Were I to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. Amen.
Hear the good news from the Gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 1 through 6, and then moving to verses 12 through 17. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received your, their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we worship you and bow before you on this Ash Wednesday evening, I pray, dear God, that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Isn't this odd? Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. This hasn't happened since 1945, 74 years. And I feel strange because for me, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's seem to be opposed with each other. Here you have Valentine's Day, which started as a feast for a saint that has become commercialized indulgence around the theme of love. And then you have Ash Wednesday, which focuses on repentance and denial and doing without. They seem very different. And if you're thinking they're opposed to each other, you may not be the only one because I came across a website while researching this meditation for tonight that was strictly devoted to what to do on Valentine's if you are giving up chocolate for Lent. Imagine that. So, as I've thought about it and prayed about it, I've landed at an interesting place because I've come to appreciate that Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday aren't so opposed to one another. Actually, their foundation is the same. They both have roots in love. Valentine's Day has morphed into commercial holiday but it still celebrates love, and Lent 
even in its acts of self-denial and repentance, is all about love, too. Valentine's Day came from St. Valentine. If you don't know about St. Valentine, he lived in Rome in the third century and was known for his ministry to the martyred and persecuted, the Christians who were tormented for their faith. He became associated with love because he officiated at the wedding of Roman soldiers. You see, Roman officials believed soldiers were better if they were not married, so they outlawed marriage. But Valentine believed in love and marriage. He believed in the sacrament of marriage. He was Catholic after all. And he believed enough to risk his life to marry these couples. Now, there have also been, there were also several miracles attributed to him. It is believed that he lost his life because he refused to convert to the pagan religion of Rome. Ash Wednesday. It is the beginning of Lent, 40 days with the exclusion of Sundays before Easter. We skip Sundays because every Sunday is a little Easter. It has its origins, Lent does, in the period of time before Easter when converts use this time as a season of preparation for baptism and joining the church. Eventually, that time of preparation spread throughout the church. And now Christians use it as a time of denial and penance, of self-reflection, of taking on extra acts of service to prepare themselves to meet the risen Christ once again. There are actions and works often associated with Lent, but the motive of all those actions is love. And so it is with the scripture reading for this Ash Wednesday. Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And some of his teachings are about practice and works. He begins the scripture reading with a warning. When you practice your works, your acts of piety, do not do it to be seen by others, but rather do for God. And God who sees you will bless you. He then moves to motives for giving alms or charity. Do not give to help others out of recognition by people, but give secretly so your Father in heaven will bless you. And then he talks about prayer. When you pray, don't pray as a performance, but rather go to a quiet secret place and your Father who sees you in secret will bless you. And then finally, he talks about fasting or giving up food. When you fast, don't be dismal or sad. Don't despair. Rather, act as if nothing's going on in your life and your Father in heaven will know and you will be blessed. All these lessons from Jesus are about motivations. Is your motive to influence or seek praise from others or is your motive toward God? On my spiritual life, I tend to think of this as vertical spirituality and horizontal spirituality. Which way are we focused? Are we focused horizontally toward people around us? Are we focused to God 
vertically. What's our motive or intentions? Are our intentions centered upon God or is it for others? Another way for us to think about it, this is the great command given by Jesus in scripture when he was asked, what is the greatest law of scripture? And he replied, love the Lord your God with all you got, with your heart, your mind, and soul. Love God. The foundation of the law, as we hear in Jesus' words, is to love God completely. Is our intent to love God completely? Is the motive to worship God in wholehearted love? When we love of God is at the essence of our religious practice, then our motives are aligned in a way which honors God. We are motivated by love. And isn't that the motivation of Valentine's Day? The holiday is about love. We show our affection to others out of love. And when you think about the spiritual practices rooted in love for Valentine's and Ash Wednesday with love, maybe these days are not too far apart. The teachings from Jesus are not too far apart from these either. When we give money to help others in charity, don't give for show or accolades, but give out of love of God. Your Father will bless you. When you pray, pray in love to the Father and not in a public place to perform for others because God who sees you in secret will bless your adoration and love. When you fast, don't complain to others, but instead, Deny as an act of devotion and love, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, many of you have been or will be celebrating Valentine's Day, even if it is just a bit of indulgence for yourself. And you will do so out of love, in the spirit of the holiday. Many of you will begin the Lenten journey today, and I pray you do so out of love. It is easy for us to focus on discipline and ritual without thinking about love, without thinking about motive. We do a practice out of habit or obligation. We take on spiritual practices, especially in seasons like these, to be formed like Jesus and hopefully to be made perfect in love in this lifetime. We are shaped by those practices in love and for love. Because if we don't have love, we are no better than a clanging cymbal. I'm sure that many of you will be taking on Lenten disciplines. Now, for some of you, that will be an act of denial. You will give something up, maybe food or sweets or chocolate or soda. Now, you may be thinking, how is denying myself something an act of love? But when we deny ourselves, we remove distractions from our life. And we are less distracted so that we can love God more. And in denying ourselves, we also know the denial that Jesus gave of self in order to go for the cross for us. We experience the love of Christ in a deeper way in that time of self-denial. And some of you may take on an extra devotion like Bible reading or prayer 
Those are spiritual disciplines in which we grow in grace, experiencing God's love and grace. What we do at a devotion helps us know the love of God in a deeper way. And when we take on acts of service, which some of you will be taking on acts of service, that is at a time to love our neighbor. And in loving our neighbor, we love God. All of these are powerful examples which are ways that we can love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. It is a way that we can practice our love with action to show devotion to God and grow in our faith. This Acts Wednesday, you're invited to observe a Holy Lent. This Valentine's Day, you are invited to observe a Holy Lent. Let them both be an opportunity to express love. To inspire us on that journey, I want to close with a well-known passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 13. Reflect upon these words and consider how they might relate to your own journey this Lenten season. Hear these words from Paul. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and, cannot, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, and then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall be known fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the early church observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. And it became the custom of the church that before the Easter celebration, there will be a 41-day season of spiritual preparation. During this season, converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when persons who had committed serious sins and had separated themselves from the community of faith were reconciled by penance and forgiveness. 
forgiveness and restored participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, to in the name of the church to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer and fasting and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word to make a right beginning of repentance as a mark of our mortal nature, let us now come before our Creator and Redeemer. Almighty God, you have created us out of dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be, us, be to us a sign of our mortality and penance so that we may remember that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. You're invited to come and receive the imposition of ashes at the center, and then you may spend time at the communion rail in prayer. If you are not able to come forward, at the end of the imposition, JT or I will come to your seat and impose ashes at your seat. You may come as the Holy Spirit leads.
May the almighty and merciful God, who desires not the death of a sinner, but that we turn from wickedness and live, accept your repentance, forgive your sins, and restore you with the Holy Spirit to newness of life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. James.